Hello and welcome to Between the Mountains, where we talk about your adventure travels from backpacking to expeditions. I'm your host Chris, and today we welcome back Chloe Chapdelaine, who came to us uh, for the interview as the previous episode. This was the second part of the session we did together, talking about her first time backcountry camping out in Canada. It's a really fantastic anecdote with some funny stories and some great visuals too. Very jealous of the situation. I'm hoping to do that someday for sure. If you enjoy the episode while you're listening, then please do consider subscribing, following, sharing it with some friends. But otherwise, let's just get straight into the episode. So welcome, Chloe, back to the podcast. Thank you for coming on again. Thanks for having me again. (laughs) Perfect. So uh, if you're listening to this and following the schedule, it's been a few days, but it's only been a few moments for Chloe and I. But um, (laughs) this time we are going to talk about backcountry in Canada aren't we so for those of you who may have missed it a few days ago we did a big interview on Chloe and touched upon traveling and journaling and photography so it's worth giving that a listen but Chloe backcountry camping what was that like for you oh it was so much fun because I don't have a lot of experience in it but I had a really good time and it was absolutely stunning it was so beautiful some of the craziest views I'd honestly ever seen. So, Perfect. Yeah. And where, whereabouts exactly did you go out to? So I went to Jasper National Park with my friend Oscar Salone. And we did a canoe trip where we paddled out to Spirit Island. And then we camped out overnight. And then we paddled back the next day after getting to go and check out Spirit Island. So it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And it was your first one as well, wasn't it? Which, which makes yeah. it all that more kind of special. Yeah, but, um, but it, it might might be fun to go go through that too. So w- when you were talking to me about the the trip, uh, there were a couple of moments which which I thought were quite either funny or just interesting to know. So I suppose let's start right from the beginning. How, how did the trip come about? Yeah, so I had always wanted to go out to Spirit Island. I had seen so many photos, and a whole bunch of my friends had made it out there, um, but I just hadn't got around to doing it. I actually had a chance earlier in the year to go out there, and I ended up having to work that day, and I drove like all five hours out to go and do it and then I ended up having to work so I had to turn around and watch my friends paddle off without me but um then I'm like okay I need I need to do this at some point and then um I had a friend Oscar who had come from Australia and he was working at Lake Louise at the time and he's a photographer as well um and we had just done some hikes together and he was keeping a close eye on seeing if any campgrounds opened up because they do book up quite fast and it opened up and he's like hey there's a spot this weekend should I book it I said yes and he basically booked it and we did it and it was something I actually um skipped school for it because it was in I think it was later September um and I had class and I was like you know what I'm just not even gonna go to class I'm just gonna do this trip and that's what we did to me it was worth losing the participation grade and I would just do the homework when I got back you know it's it's still stuff I can for sure do when I get back so that's what I did but yeah you don't technically have to show up like you're not going to fail if you don't go to a class (laughs) perfect so uh you you decide to skip class you're heading out there so how how far out into the backcountry is it is it quite close to the nearest city so there's Jasper and then there's a little bit of a drive to um the lake where you take off from um, and then the paddle out 
it varies basically apparently depending on the time of day that you go and what the weather is like because the winds can be super varying on the lake. So when Oscar and I went, we had super bad headwinds. We didn't go in, I think it's, you're supposed to go in the morning. We didn't go in the morning when they recommend. We, we started in the afternoon, um, <laughs> which was probably our own mistake. And I learned for next time. But um, we had super strong headwinds, just like we were paddling so hard and there were white caps on the water going against us. Like it was rough, rough water. And it took us probably over five hours to get out to the campground. Um, by the time we got there, actually the sun had just set. So we were paddling in the dark for the very, very, very last like couple minutes. But um, yeah, it took that long to get out, but coming in was a complete different story actually. Um, we left in the morning and it was perfect conditions. The lake was like glass. It took us under three hours. We timed it going back um, and the wind was in our favor. It was just like very light and it was easy. Like we, I feel like we barely had to paddle going back. So <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of funny seeing the difference between the two routes. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. you managed to make it across the lake okay then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we made it. <laughs> yeah, and that was my first time doing a canoe trip too. So I didn't know what to expect, like how hard it would be paddling, and I definitely got some blisters on my hands. But yeah. <laughs> do you know? Do you know the distances? Because that's quite a long time paddling. I, I've been to the Lake Districts in the UK, uh, and we paddled out for a while. And you know, I'm only talking about half—I can't remember now, but half an hour, maybe an hour max to the middle of this lake, and that was at a very relaxed pace. Oh, I don't know off the top of my head. Might have to fact check me, but I think it's like around 10k. But I think that's actually I would have to check. I honestly that sounds about right for three three hours. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so three hours like... with the wind against you as well. <laughs> yeah. So. Jeez. Crazy. Yeah. So you make it across. What's what's the next steps for you? So then once we made it canoeing, the sun was just starting to set, and we canoed straight into our campground. We didn't really have to do much hiking at all to get to it. It was, like, right there on the water side, which was beautiful. And, yeah, we set up, set up our tents, um, which was kind of difficult in the dark, <laughs> having to set everything up and like, scout out where everything was. Um, but when we got there, actually, there were some other people that already had a fire and they were making some food. And so it was just kind of like a cute little community feeling, um, at our campground, which is kind of neat. Cause I thought that we'd be completely alone and there were other people and they invited us to go and join them and have a drink or, um, make some like hot dogs if we wanted. And yeah, it was actually really sweet. So then we set up and we wanted to, to get up super duper early, like before the sun rose the next day so that we could paddle out to the spot where we wanted to be, which was Spirit Island itself for sunrise, um, which isn't that far from the campground, but it does require, I think it still took us like half an hour maybe to get there. Um, and then, yeah, that was maybe the first time I had woken up without an alarm in my entire life. So. I'm not a morning person and I'll be the first to say it and everybody who knows me knows it like I'm and when I say I'm not a morning person like I'm not awake until noon like <laughs> the first half of the day is usually a write-off for me so when I do like sunrise hikes and sunrise paddles and stuff like that like like I'm not like grumpy but I'm definitely like not my full self I feel like yeah I was so excited to wake up the next morning that I literally woke up by myself without an alarm 
like before sunrise, like ready to go, which was kind of insane because like that's never happened to me before. And then, yeah, and then woke up, we got up, started paddling out. It was a lot easier because we didn't have all of our camping gear and stuff. We had unloaded it and made it to Spirit Island just in time for sunrise. And it was so beautiful. Like if you get there for sunrise, I highly recommend it. Perfect. And, and Spirit Island. So, so what? What is Spirit Island? Is is this in in how much space do we have? Is in in the middle of a lake? So it's very small. It's actually way smaller than I was expecting. So it, you can reach it during the day with a ferry. So you can like pay to go on like a motorboat that'll take you out there in maybe like forty five minutes or an hour or something. Um, but it only runs during certain hours of the day, so you can't see it during sunrise or sunset. Like you can if you're canoeing um and then it's this really small island that's just kind of partially connected to the land and it's just got a few trees on it so it's very very small like it would take you like 20 seconds to walk across it um but it's just like this very beautiful spot and it's just framed up with these mountains in the background and it just looks surreal like it doesn't look like it looks like it's a photograph um even when you're there in person so yeah, it's just like this really cute little spot. And I think that there are some legends that go around it. I don't want to tell them because I, I don't know them like 100% or if I'd have the facts straight. So, but yeah, it's just like a really cute little spot. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah it really sounds beautiful. Those sort of photographs, did you put them on your Instagram as well? Yeah, I did. And so did Oscar. He was out there. Um, yeah, it it just looked unreal. We had these clouds when we got up that... I don't know how to describe it other than that they had like rippled across the sky. And so they lit up super neat because um, we had arrived there right before the sun rose. And then there were just, there was this amazing display of clouds and it just looked unreal. So yeah, it's really neat. I think they might be cirrus clouds. Uh, were, were they like super high up? Yeah, they were. I think they're cirrus clouds, which I think is like the only name I remember from a kid. <laughs> like the ripple ones, like the really faint ones right at the top. Yeah, they're gorgeous when they light up nice and pink and from the sunrise or sunset. Uh, after sunrise, how long were you out there for? What, did you get back in the paddle? Um, yeah, so we weren't out there for too long. Like, we experienced sunrise. We took our time. It was nice and relaxing. Um, yeah, we had the entire lake to ourselves, basically. It was just, like, this amazing, like, serene moment where you're surrounded by nothing and it's just, like, silent and beautiful. And... Yeah, we took our time and just like watched the sunrise and took it in. And then um, right after that, we started like we went back to the campground, made some food and then started to head home. And yeah, it was just like an overall like beautiful day. Like it was just a great start to a day and put us in the perfect mood for the paddle back. <laughs> yeah, which then went much smoother than the way out there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you, yeah. you don't want to be in a bad mood. And then also it's three hours back. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and I was concerned because I was stiff when I woke up the next day because, like, paddling muscles are not muscles that I naturally have because I'm not out canoeing every day. <laughs> so I was like, how am I going to possibly paddle back? Like, I was so worried because my shoulder was hurting and my hands were sore. But honestly, like, after experiencing that sunrise, like, I just felt energized, which is, like, again, crazy because I'm not a morning person, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was just like a great paddle back. It wasn't difficult at all. So, and we spoke about journaling a bit in in your main interview. Did whether was there anything from that sunrise that ended up in the journal at all? Yeah, yeah, actually there was. Um, I ended up writing actually quite a bit about that sunrise, just because it was 
one of those moments that I didn't want to forget. And I probably will never forget because it was just this beautiful moment. I was just like, I just felt full, you know? And so yeah. I definitely documented it. I didn't document it in the moment because I was kind of worried to bring it with me in case I had tipped my canoe or anything like that. <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, I definitely wrote about it when I got back. Well, that's an interesting point, actually. Like, how how do you balance uh, taking photography, but then also living in the moment? That's such a good question, um, because it's something that I definitely struggled with when I first started doing photography. Um, yeah, it was definitely something like I found I would be almost too consumed in trying to get the photo over living in the moment. And I look at that at some of my old traveling and been like, man, like I kind of wish I put my camera down and like had taken it in and so more recently I've actually just been like I'll travel with my camera but I just won't take it out because I'll want to experience a moment so for example um last summer I drove to LA from Calgary which yeah. was over the course of a few weeks and I was gonna say that's a long <laughs> that's that's not a day's drive is it no it is not I did it over the course of a couple weeks because yeah I just wanted to like take my time going there and I maybe took five photos the entire trip. But when I look back on it, it was one of my favorite trips I've ever done. And I didn't even take photos to remember it. So like, you can definitely still get amazing moments without taking your camera out. And that's one thing that I've learned because before I thought that you had to take a photo of everything to capture it. But at the same time, if you can capture it, do it. Like it's, it's a beautiful moment to be able to keep. So one thing actually I've done is I have a Polaroid camera and I'll take pictures of my Polaroid because I feel like it's just like a more real like depiction of the moment because you only get one shot really and then you're not all consumed in taking a million photos of the moment. You just like get that one memory that you can keep and take around with you. So that's one thing I, really I do. like that. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the idea how the imperfections make it perfect in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's what I love about it. I was interested to hear your thoughts on this as well. I interviewed Liana from Seeking the Now on Instagram, uh, and that episode is also up um, a few couple of weeks ago uh, on on the podcast. And she, I asked her that question as well because she's into photography, and she said that she feels like she experiences the moment more by by photographing it, by by looking through the lens and and picking up the different depths of of what she's looking at. Whereas mm -hmm. perhaps if she wasn't photographing, she'd just look at it and, and take it in normally. Uh, I didn't know if that resonated with you at all. Oh, yeah. No, I do definitely. I can relate to that a lot. Like taking a photo, I feel like sometimes does bring another layer to that moment. And it, it can just be like you can capture that moment in a way that you'll forever want to remember as well, which is kind of neat. Like wherever you look you can make that photo in your mind and then you can have it forever which is like basically what she's saying like it adds another layer and you get to see it in different depths and different even like focal lengths and <laughs> whatever you're using to take the photo it can change that perspective which is kind of interesting as well so no that's a super interesting take on it for sure perfect so we've rounded the trip and we've i guess we've made a bag safely perfect yeah. good <laughs> yeah i was exhausted but made it back safely i was worried about bears because apparently bears had been really um serious in that area around that time like in the campgrounds and even like attacking people's like 
cars apparently like when they had gone if they had like left food or anything in their wow. car I was good I didn't get attacked I didn't get broken into or anything so apparently then. you need to say hello bear if you're or one of the things you can say is hello bear or hi bear as you're as you're walking through the woods uh I've read a couple of things that when you're in Alaska uh, that they, they get quite scared of human sound because they don't know what it is so if you're walking through and you just get every now and then shout hello bear they don't know what that is so they'll, they'll run away from it yeah yeah that is something that you can do and i always have like well more recently i got bear bells which i'll just attach to or attach to my backpack so that i can um like make noise when i'm walking and i always carry bear scare as well because <laughs> you never know but yeah like just yelling every once in a while so that they know you're there is pretty important for sure that's such an alien thing to experience like the uk you know i have to look out for sheep <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we have some wild sheep too, but I mean, it's nothing like a bear, so. No, no, it's, yeah, car, I think cars are like the only thing you need to look out for really in, in the UK going for a walk. Yeah, that's pretty alien. So the hike then, so what? what's one thing that you would do differently next time? Next time I would, well, one thing that I hadn't expected was how uncomfortable the canoe seat would be which sounds kind of ridiculous, but honestly, my butt hurt so bad. And I had not expected that. Like, I had never been on a canoe seat for more than an hour. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, doing exercise while sitting on it for hours on end, you can't really get off because you're like in the middle of the water. So I would invest in literally like something to put over my seat so that I have a comfortable spot to sit because like, realistically, like I'm going to be spending a decent amount of time there. So <laughs> Like, I would get, like, a seat cover. Like, I don't know if that's a thing. I haven't looked into it. Or, like, a really nice pillow to sit on. <laughs> yeah. Well, if but you I'll... bring one for camping, you could put that down the seat, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I had sat on my pillow, but I literally squished it flat from riding, like, on the seat. So, you know, I would do something like that. But honestly, like, if I look at the trip in general, I wouldn't change anything. Like, it was just perfect. Yeah, it worked out so good. Oh, brilliant. Good. So I guess that would be the one thing that surprised you as well would be the canoe. Oh, yeah, that 100% surprised me. Like, I was not expecting that at all. Like, I was expecting to be sore in my shoulders and my hands, but I was not expecting my bum to hurt. <laughs> and so, yeah, that surprised me 100%. But learn to live with it, you know. It's I all... think it's quite a common thing. Uh, there's There's a guy called Jason Fox who uh, he's, he's ex-Special Forces, a uh, really, really great guy. And, and he, on his podcast, he talks about the time he rode from Europe to across the Atlantic to uh, Central America, I think it was, or South America. And he has some pretty interesting anecdotes, which I'll leave people to listen to there, <laughs> um, about bums and uncomfort. <laughs> so I think it's quite a popular thing. <laughs> um, or infamous, I should say, probably. Yeah. But like looking back on my trip too, I was also surprised by how amazing the weather was because I had some friends who had traveled from outside of Canada just to do this one trip and they had attempted it like three times in a row and had to turn back every time because of bad weather or because the winds were just too bad. And so I was honestly, I was surprised by how fortunate we were with our weather. Like we were able to do it on our first try, whereas some people have come back year after year and still not been able to make the trip. So that was one thing that was pretty good, good about it too. So. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And 
it may be obvious, uh, but is there a particularly favorite moment you had from that time out and back? Yeah, just like that morning, you know, was yeah, my favorite that sunrise. moment. Yeah, that sunrise. It was just one of my favorite sunrises I've ever experienced. I was in good company. I was just in good spirits. It was just, I was surrounded by what literally looked like a postcard and mm. just so rewarding, you know, just to put that work in and then get to see that. So, Perfect. That was, yeah. Perfect. Well, listen, Chloe, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, yeah. If you, if we were to go to somewhere to see beautiful photos of this place and many others, where would we go? Well, you can check out my Instagram at <laughs> chloe.shaptelaine. Um, and then the photographer who I went with, his name is Oscar Salone. His Instagram is Oscar Salone. Um, and yeah, that's, that's it. Perfect. And I'll put links down in the show notes too, so anyone can just click through from there. But Chloe, thank you so much for coming on. It's, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. Again, it's just great to hear from her and to get those visuals of that gorgeous backcountry camping. Like I say, I will be doing it soon. I just got to find the time to travel and get out there. Canada just looks so stunning. If you enjoyed the episode, then please consider subscribing and following. And if you want to share it with some friends that you know might like it, then that's brilliant. We can spread the love, grow the podcast. If you want to come on the show, please email btmtravelpod at gmail.com. You can follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at btmtravelpod. But in the meantime, have a fantastic day and I'll see you in the next one.